We've talked auction strategy, but how about snake draft strategy? Well, we've got you covered for that on today's show. It's our mock draft episode, player picks with our thought process and plenty of tidbits along the way. A 15-team mock with me, Ruvain, and Chris Welsh of Fantasy Pros coming up next on Beat the Shift. And welcome to another episode of the Beat the Shift podcast. I am your host, Ariel Cohen, and with me as always is Ruben Guy. How are you, Ruben? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, and welcome to our mock draft episode. That's right. We're going to be doing a mock draft right here on the podcast. Joining us is Christopher Welsh. How are you, Welsh? What's up, gentlemen? I am doing fantastic. Good to hear your voices. I got to see you a couple months ago, hang out with you. We all got to hang out in the outfield together, had the time of our lives. Love you both, and I'm glad to be here doing some mocks with you. That's right. Ruben got a ball in that uh, home run derby that we uh, saw in Arizona, and uh, that, that was a great fun time. Bunch of podcasts, bunch of great presentations, and uh, great to talk to you today. Yeah, I remember when Ruben got the ball, we like all took a picture together like we did it as a team. We were like, guys, we did it. We did set the over-under, I will let everybody know, at one and a half home run balls, and we went under, unfortunately. But thanks to Ruben, we... I know. It was so much fun fending off those 10-year-old boys that were getting out, going after the ball, pushing them, shoving them. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. They were treating uh, Ravane, by the way, like it was hockey. Like, he had it, and they were just, like, slapping him. Like, they were just, like, they they were trying to get to that glove. It it was a great moment, the whole thing. Yep. Good job, Ravane, tackling the 10-year-olds as you usually do. (laughs) No problem. All right, well, it's our mock draft episode, but of course, we do have to have a little bit of strategy to talk about what our thoughts are going to do. And so we've, we've talked a lot about auctions here on the show, but this is our snake draft. And so let's start with you, Chris. What is your general, very general, snake draft drafting strategy? Give me some hitters. Give me consistency and give me uh, give me lockdown guys early on. Um, kind of jump into it. I mean, general strategy is being as balanced as possible, not punting. Uh, I'm a little bit more hitter heavy and not having stolen bases dominate my thought process because so many more guys are doing that nowadays. So, you know, really the best way to say it is be as balanced as I possibly can be. Oh, I agree on the stolen bases wholeheartedly. I think I'll add to that. I like to have uh, some uniqueness in my profile early on, some players and stats that you cannot get later on easily. And balance is great early so that you have more choices later on. If you're very deficient in one category, you're going to have to say, oh, I got to get this guy later. But if you're balanced, you could just take value, value, value. And and you know, I'll add to that. What I think is interesting about this year specifically is – like at the top of drafts, I, th- I think we would all identify like Ellie De La Cruz. He's like the the risky guy. He's like the, hey, we're having fun, everybody, that type of guy. But there are a whole lot of like, you know, using air quotes, like risky shots you can take, but they're later. And I, I feel like usually in fantasy, they're not as late as they are this year from 
O'Neill Cruz to the rookies in the Jackson Churios and the Wyatt Langfords, um, injured guys like Mike Trout, Jazz uh, Chisholm, they're, they're falling a little bit. There's some strikeout pitchers a little bit later. Like where you, I think we're, we're conditioned to take those shots tends to be earlier and can really mess up a lot of things. They are later. So that's what feels so good about having that like really solid core balance early on is you can kind of pick and choose and it mitigates the risk when you do, because you should probably take a shot or two, you know, in your drafts on some like big major upside and having that balance just kind of levels the playing field if you swing and miss. Absolutely. And that's, and, and that's very important to get the hitters early on because you can wait on some of these pitchers. The pitchers will come to you. You don't have to go chasing pitchers. This is not like the last couple of years where you have to say, I have to get one or two pitchers in the first or second round, otherwise they'll all be gone. That's not the case here. I think you can get a good balance of hitting and then balance out your pitching later on. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. Do you have to get a pitcher, Chris, in the first four rounds, or can you go hitter, hitter, four in a row? I don't think you do. I'm kind of trying to. Um I have an affinity for George Kirby. So like third, fourth round, I'm kind of staring at him, but I really don't think you do. But what have you done if you don't? You're just taking on a little bit more, you know, uh, SP risk in those guys that are going to really chalk up innings. That's kind of the big thing that, it's one of the biggest things we're battling. There's the strikeouts, and then there's just how far anybody going in innings. But again, here's what you can do. You could go four, even five rounds into going heavy hitters, and then maybe you're going to have to start taking some risk early on younger pitchers with upside, the Yuris, the Bobby Millers. But then at the same time, you can spread out some of those picks with higher picks of Eflin, who looks a little bit safer. And even later, you can get those inning eaters in the Shane Biebers that can help Jordan Montgomery. So that can help kind of balance out some of the risks you take early. So if I don't take a pitcher in the first, let's say, four or five rounds, I might try to play a little bit more upside with my SPs in that six, seven, eight, nine range, and then start paying attention to maybe really the best way I can say it is like some boring SPs. Like I said, the Biebers and the Montgomery, some boring guys to kind of balance out that SP uh, roster that I put together. So, so I mentioned round, but I really should talk about what format we're talking about here. And obviously everyone who's listening to the show plays a different format. Some are playing 10 team mix. Some are playing very deep, uh, 15-team AL-only league. Some are playing a 15-team NFBC. So for today, and we've, we've done, you know, varying degrees, we've done a 12-team once on our mock draft, that podcast. We're doing a 15-team NFBC style today. Five outfielders. We've uh, we've got uh, two catchers, right? Nine pitchers. Pick anyone. You can do reliever, starter. It doesn't matter. So just to get on board with that, uh, I guess I'll throw it out to you in terms of strategy differences what what's the biggest difference you think, Chris, between doing an NFBC versus maybe a, a shorter like a like an ESPN or 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 CBS ten or twelve team one? Well, I mean, outside of like the obvious roster pool, NFBC, you're gonna see people take shots a little a little bit more extreme. You're obviously gonna like the Ellie De La Cruz's tend to go way higher. It is crazy if you look at NFBC's ADP on Ellie versus really any of the other places that are out there. Um, I, I would say they're big, but there's even been like astronomically big, like the early CBS stuff versus where Ellie was in NFBC is, is a, is kind of eye opening. but you know, in those formats and if people are playing like standard Roto formats on ESPN or Yahoo or something like that, two catcher, the catchers are going to go up really high. We're going to see closers. This is not a punt place. This is, this is not a place where most people are going to experiment with punting. 
you are going to see closers go high. You're going to see catchers spread out where you're not going to see them, I think, in some other, uh, like I said, standard formats. That's also what skews ADPs a, a little bit more. And then, yeah, just coming back to it, it's really about just making sure that you're not punting those categories, give or take whatever's going to happen with stolen bases. Like in previous years, it's S, it's SBs, SBs, SBs. That's, that's what everybody's chasing. It still happens more so in NFBC than I think any other format. But as we were talking about earlier, like it's kind of the, the playing field is a lot more even with stolen bases. We can get 20 stolen bases in the 80s or the 90s. You can find 20 homer, 20 stolen bases in that same range. And you can find handfuls of guys that are going to at least chip in you know, 10 to 15 stolen bases well outside the top 100. They're also pretty good off, uh, offensively efficient players. So uh, as much as stolen bases are going to bump up here, I would, in an NFBC, I would be prioritizing that balance because I don't need to, you know, go through some of that chasing that happens in uh, the NFBC draft and hold styles. All right, so you mentioned uh, closers and catchers. So what would be your plan? How would you tackle closers in this format? How would you tackle your catchers? Well, I am, I'm actually doing, I'm currently in the middle of uh, tout, draft and hold. I've been with Ariel, by the way, and I did not make it out. Ariel's a monster and touts, always is. Uh, so this time I'm in, <laughs> so I think I'm so glad to be away from Ariel too, by the way. Like <laughs> I might have a chance to win this year, um, but I'm in the draft and hold. And it, the only difference is it is OBP. So it's NFBC style um, draft and hold for tout. And I'm saying all this because I went early-ish closer. In the fourth round, I snagged Josh Hader. I like one core closer to real, like one guy that I know I can count on. That's going to, you know, give me saves. That's going to be out there every day. I don't have to think a lot about it. But then I don't really feel the, the, the need to try to like double stack. I'll just get somebody later. And and when you're when you're doing this, does it matter what KDS you have? Does it matter if you're you know how you're going to balance it out? Are you are you looking more for catchers and, and going to match them with a, a reliever on, on a turn? If you're on a corner, if you're on the turn or something like that, does that affect you at all? Yeah, I, you know I do feel like if I'm more on a wheel spot, I I actually do start to think like I could double tap. Uh, the double tapping, like if you if I'm pick like 13, 14, or 15, that does come into play. Also knowing you have such a long stretch between, you're going to have to start taking uh, you know some shots. I'm right in the middle, so it didn't necessarily affect me, but KDS can absolutely affect closers. I might be different. Obviously, in a two-catcher league, catcher's values are going to go up. This is going to be way more reminiscent. Uh, this is like, it's a fallacy, I think, that everyone deals with. If But if they're not aware, this is why I say it a lot. When you look at ADPs, NFBC is kind of the, they're the primary to start. But when you look at those NFBC ADPs and you are getting set for your roto drafts on ESPN or a head-to-head -head, uh, categories on um, Yahoo or a points or whatever, you're looking at NFBC style format and it bumps catchers up like crazy. So their values get all wonky. So just make sure you understand that. I say all of this to say, I'm just not a big catcher guy. I think... I think the gaps between catchers are the smallest across the board at this position than any other. So I don't feel the need that I need that I want to go and grab them crazy, crazy early. I think there's depth. Both of my uh, I've done a couple DCs right now, and I think of like the six catchers I've taken between those DCs, 
like one was a mid round guy, but I tend to live in the, the little bit deeper pool. Once like seven or eight catchers are off the board, then I'll start paying attention and filling out there, but catchers are going to go early. So I, I, I prioritize closers over catchers in this format. Hmm. I, I see a hot spot for catchers in like the 10th to 12th round, and sure. then I'll take anything late. Like that's my general strategy there. Closers, I don't believe in taking the, the top closers. I think when you're pushing up uh, Devin Williams, Edwin Diaz into the third round already, it's it's such a high cost, and the return on investment is very low. I think that uh, you're better off waiting till the 6th, 7th round, maybe even ninth, 10th round, and getting a number one closer, but a low number one closer and uh, take shots later. Yeah. And the, like it's rounding out a little bit more. So we do know the names um, that that's been something in years prior where it's like, Oh, well, you know, there's nine guys well, that we well, know well, are more guaranteed. reason to go later in closers, right? If there's more, that's a good point, especially if you're comfortable with chasing and whatnot. Like I, I with catchers and closers, I do play the value card. I'm not going to be the first person that's going to take a closer off the board. I did take Hater, but Hater was like the fourth closer I think that went, and I got him in the fourth round. I like to, I if I can be in that pool and it makes sense. I didn't like the SPs that were there. Were there? I'm going to do it. But to your point. If there was an SP I was really in love with, I might have held off a little bit longer. I, I'm very much about um, Camilo Duvall, Johan Duran. Like th there is a sweet spot a little bit later when you can get the value. You definitely should, but you know I, I think I'm draft spot six, so there's a little bit of a gap between and a bunch of monsters in that tout league. So I push a little bit higher, but I do like generally agree with what you're saying. Do you have a preference in your KDS? Do you prefer the middle? Do you prefer the ends? What do you prefer? I think. Four is my, I actually picked that here because you guys let me. Uh, four, I think, is my favorite spot because I get one of the great core players that falls. Like Acuna is his, Acuna is his own uh, planet, and we're just orbiting around. So, like, one is Acuna in this whole thing. But three, four, and five, in my eyes, it I'm getting an elite next, you know, the, the not Acuna next great player, and then I'm getting a higher spot in the second round. I will also say six is pretty interesting to me, and I've been moving Otani up, so I, I guess the best way to say it is like between four and eight, I think there's kind of a sweet spot, and if I didn't get that, the wheel I think is always, you know, between 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there, I think that's a really great one, but four is my answer of where I'm really liking drafting right now. Yeah, so just in terms of, and we've talked a little bit about this on different shows, um, in terms of value proposition, I don't really look at the first two rounds. Uh, I look more of what is the value proposition for the whole draft, and that's why I think the middle is better. You can actually gain more incremental value by picking in the middle than you can at any of the endpoints. If I had to pick a spot to say what's the most value in the first two rounds, it's probably somewhere towards the end. It's probably you know pick 13, 14, 15, because I do think that for there is not that much difference from the top four to the top 12 or so. There's less difference than you think. Um, and then I'd rather get that guy on on the way back to get to double up on them, but um, in but I don't just I don't care about that that, that first two rounds. I care about the value proposition, the whole draft, and to me, the middle is you know, the middle also suits my style. I don't you don't have to reach that much if you draft in the middle. If you're drafting on an end, and you really like a player, you do have to reach uh, multiple rounds. You know, it's funny about that too. Is is your spot twelve? Even though you're like I don't care about the first two rounds, like <laughs> you're gonna you get amazing players. Like there yeah. there is you know seventeen to you know nineteen like almost first round graded players, and it's like when you. you that's why, even though you don't care, it's uh, you know you're you're kind of rocking. Yeah, and a, and a lot of time when you're in the middle, it's like seven, eight, or nine. You're probably in either beginning or 
ending a lot of the runs that go on during a draft. So you don't miss them. Like if, if you're if you're a pick 15 and a run starts at two, the run may end at around 10, 11, and then you're pot out of luck, whatever, whatever the run, whether it's closers or catchers or stolen bases, whatever it may be. So being in the middle, you don't miss any of the runs by that much. Last uh, strategy questions, uh, just about stats. If you had to pick one or two stats, Chris, that you really want to focus on early on in the draft, what would it be? Power. That's uh, And it, I feel like it's so obvious, but you know, so many years the trendy thing was speed. And we're like, speed, speed, speed. But no, nah, it's power. Uh, the other thing that, like, that kind of flows with it is I've really gotten into um, making sure it's really high batting average. And I know that's you know something... Ariel, we talked about when you did a guest spot on yes. Fantasy Pros. Like, there are quite a few players that really pop in your system are players that project out with high batting average. Like, Josh Naylor was a prime example of one of those guys. So, you know, before Corey Seager got hurt, if when you gave me a Freddie Freeman Corey Seager start, I was elated. I got so excited about that. So, you know, getting guys that are going to have higher 280 plus batting averages is a must, but uh, or not a must, but it's like really great. But high end power chasing early on is something I'm definitely trying to do. I'm prioritizing it even a little bit more than speed. So like the Matt Olsons of the world really stand out to me. I think runs are important. I think that the draft is devoid of runs after like round 10. Um, and runs, if you think about it, runs are actually the most correlated with success in fantasy baseball. Look at look at who, what the standings are in the runs category. Usually that's the story with the entire uh, hitting categories category because runs are correlated to everything. And if you had to pick a stack, Chris, uh, that you think that you could most easily grab on the waiver wire so that if you're slightly deficient in it in the draft, it's no biggie? It's, it's going to be weird, but... I kind of think stolen bases. Yes, I at agree. this point. Okay, good. I'm glad you agree with me. I, th I think yep, that's I the the spot now because I, I think there are going to be handfuls of players that you're going to be able to project out with double digit stolen bases on every single wire. Obviously, you'll have the question like, okay, well, they're going to be good. But I mean, look at last year. You know, Ellie Noelvi Marte came in, started stealing bases. I mean, it is there are so many teams that are pushing the SBs up really high that I I, I feel that. If I'm, uh, you know, let's say I project out at like seventh or eighth or something in stolen bases, I feel like with some wire work and maybe even a little bit of streaming, I could make up a couple spots in that uh, relatively easy. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go into our mock draft portion of the event. That's where we do a mock draft and we talk about our picks and what's going on and a little bit of strategy each. So let me set the stage for you. We're doing, once again, an NFBC-style uh, draft. We're only going to do the active roster slots. So there's going to be 14 hitter slots, two catchers. You got a corner. You got a middle. You got one util and five outfielders. Uh, of course, you got the first base and second base, yada, yada. Nine pitcher slots. You can take any number of relievers, pitchers, no stipulations. But let's try to do what we would do in, in, a, in a real one, of course. Um, with the, uh, the fourth pick is going to go to Chris Welsh. The uh, Ruvain will be picking in the seventh slot. I will be picking 12. There are 15 teams in total, so we're interspersed all over the place. Uh, and uh, let's see who we snipe from each other. And uh, mm -hmm. here we go. The first pick in the draft. I, I can't believe it. Ronald Acuna was taken number one. Can no you way. Believe it? Shocker. Well, no way. Mm. Shocker. Have you seen any draft this year that he has not gone one? I, I haven't. 
Not a one. Not I can't, one. I mean, I had this long discussion with some of the um, dev people at Fantasy Pros where we were talking about player values, and we we're actually having this long conversation. I've, I've told the story, but we were having this conversation about how Otani and how he valued out, and I was telling one of the guys, I was like, listen, I know Otani as a hitter and a pitcher you know, puts up this like dollar value, however, however they were doing it. It was this numbered system that it's worth so much more than another player. But I was like, Acuna kind of performed at two levels of a player. You know, I mean, like he was two players in production last year. You almost have to consider him like that. But no, I haven't seen a single time where he hasn't gone one. Absolutely crazy. All right. Well, the next picks taken were Corbin Carroll was taken number two. Bobby Witt Jr. was taken number three. Chris, you're up. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. Um, obviously, little Homer and me, Corbin Carroll, I love. Um, I actually have Mookie Betts ranked a tiny bit higher. I love the second base eligibility, even though I tend to put him in the outfield. But I have been doing a lot of battling with Julio Rodriguez as well because I'm very much into this team. It's 30-30. I know we were talking like, hey, we can make up the stolen bases. But this is one of those instances where, you know, you – you get your cake and you get to eat it too. Is that the saying? Or it's 30-30. I get the 30 stolen bases, 30 homers, solid batting average, good runs, good RBI. It's complete five tool. It's a pretty big no-brainer here. If I felt there was a discrepancy at second, I might be like, oh, okay, I want Mookie. But this is this is why I love four because I know I'm getting one of those great players that is going to have high, high first-round returns. So I'm taking him. Julio Rodriguez, that's my pick. All right, Betts went six, and Freddie Freeman went number— uh, Sorry, Betts went five, Freddie Freeman number six, up to Ruvain. Wow, I was sniped. I really wanted Freddie Freeman at seven At seven there. Usually he's been going there. So when I'm looking at the board now, I'm just looking for value. I mean, and Kyle Tucker, he's going in top fives in most drafts, and to have him fall at seven, you get the stolen bases, you get the runs, you get the good batting average and a good lineup, everything, all he can ask for for a top-round pick. So, And if he falls to seven, I don't think I can pass that up. So I'm going to take Kyle Tucker. All right. Tucker, it is to Ruvain. Strider went, Soto went, Trey Turner went, and Fernando Tatis Jr. So my uh, choices are, you got a Jose Ramirez, a Matt Olson, I got could take Cole, Judge, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, the highest value on my board here is Aaron Judge. I do like an outfielder in this slot because outfielders are thin later. I'm pretty sure of the power. Now you got Soto protecting him where he's going to bat him in. Either way is good. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with Aaron judge for number 12. Do you get the itch to do pitching early on? Um, no, I, I think that you really need to lock down a player. I think that if I was picking 14th, 15th and Strider was still there and even Cole, I would, I would give that a, a wick, but once judge is still available, uh, still one of the acceptable outfielders that I would love, I, I, I can't pass that up. You're back up. And back up to me is right. Uh, let's see who went. Otani went. Cole went. So I'm not going to pick a pitcher now. Jose Ramirez, Olsen, Bryce, Harper. What's left is some of the corners. Uh, Devers, Alonzo, Lindor. Austin Riley is still there. I have Austin Riley valued pretty nicely. Third base is scarce. I like him a touch better than Devers. Gets you a nice base and everything. I think I'm going to lock down some of this hitting with Austin Riley. I like that pick. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like, I like going for the third baseman there. I think that was very smart. And I was going to go Devers, but Devers was taken right before me. So the picks after you were Corbin Burns, Corey Seager, 
Francisco Lindor, and then Rafael Devers. Now, you're just talking about power, and I need a corner. I'd like to try to get a corner infielder here also. Ozzy Albies is out there also. I'm, I I like Albies a lot. Um, we I have him, you know, valued pretty high, but I think Alonzo is Pete Alonzo, being a homer, being a Met. I'd love to have at least one Met on my team. And if I'm going to have a Met, I think it's Pete Alonzo because he doesn't hit less than 40 home runs in a year if he stays healthy. And even when he's not healthy, he stays in the lineup and he hits and he's still able to hit for power. So I'm going to go with Pete Alonzo here. You know, funny about Pete Alonso, um, well, I don't even have the choice here now, but in my uh, in my draft and hold on ta- in tout in the second round, I took Corbin Carroll in the first round. The second round came back around. I wanted power, and I was really battling. Uh, it is OBP. I was battling Vlad and Pete Alonso, and Arl, it was really interesting the, where the differences start to pop up between like you and Cardi. You guys are so diametrically different on Pete Alonso and Vlad Jr. Like really? you're the Alonso guy and he's the Guerrero guy by a pretty like stark margin too. Like your dollar value on Alonso was like a no brainer and uh he was on the Vlad front. Yeah. And I ended up going with Alonso. I don't love Alonso that early though, Ruvain, um, because Alonzo has no stolen bases, and I don't like starting with an absolute zero, and Alonzo batting average a little shaky, so you're starting deficient in two categories as your primary hitter. Um, I mean, I, I can't say it that, but I, maybe I would have picked him five picks later. I probably would have gone for Alzi Albies at this stage. I was thinking about I was thinking about that, yeah. but I, I mean I lo- I love the power and I did get stolen bases in the first round with Kyle Tucker, so I'm not mm-hmm. completely deficient in stolen bases. And you can never have enough power. I can probably get a stolen base sure. guy even next round. Sure. And by the way, I'm not here to, to to criticize you. Obviously, we work together a lot, but I'm here more to think to talk about what I'd be thinking, which is you know slightly different than you. I think that's better conversation than oh well that bit you know. So. Yeah, no, I, I I hear that. Listen, there is no in the first two rounds. It's so hard to have a wrong pick because the yeah, values of are course, of basically course. there. So it's a matter of how you want to build your team. If you want to build with a corner infield, you want to you know middle infield is very you know it's very deep. So I have no problems not going with Albies and going with another middle infielder. That's actually what I'm dealing with right now. There's Ellie Dela Cruz there. I mean, I. I... <laughs> I would never take Ellie Delacruz the second round. Are you going to take him, Welsh? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm. I can be into. It. I did a. I did this crazy DC. Ariel, you would hate it. It's so funny. It was like somebody called it the going for the 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 top spot. You know, going for the overall because I took like. Carol and Ellie and I had O'Neill Cruz later and I had a couple other just like I was just went high extremes I was like we're just gonna have fun and I went like crazy extremes no I would consider Ellie it's not here uh it's funny like what Ruvain was saying I actually think middle infield is pretty deep and there's a lot of players I like Simeon's out there but I really like Luis Robert but I also really like Michael Harris and I'm just those, those not, three are my top three choices for hitters. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not sold. If I was sold, Michael Harris would because here's the deal: Robert and Harris jumping out to me, but Zach Wheeler is there, and I think that is another really. So, unique do you pitcher. think here's this here's the game three question? Uh, if you're sort of indifferent about Harris and Robert and maybe acceptable Simeon, do you think it's better to go for the pitcher that you want now and let whatever outfielder slide to you when it goes around to you? Is that a good choice? Think it make is. It, it is. Except in my in in how I have these guys ranked, I actually think Wheeler is still closer to some of the other SPs that are okay. floating out there, like okay. the Pablos and the Kirby's. So, okay, I think I'm gonna lock up my second outfielder. I'm right. gonna go with Robert. I'm gonna go with. And then, a, get, the, a little and then bit more get the power. pitcher fooled to you. I guess. Yeah, we're gonna see who falls right. to me. Uh, which we didn't. We had Simeon, 
Wheeler. Michael Harris was the last pick. And then would you, hey, Ariel, would you look at that? First pick in the third round, Ellie De La Cruz, okay. and then Altuve and Henderson. Okay, so you, you, you can get a pitcher if you want. You can get Gaussman. Yeah, Gossman's uh, he's yeah. staring right yeah. down, right down to my soul. Um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Like I said, third round tends to be where I get a little finicky, and if there's like a really pretty pitcher that I just can't uh, pass up, well, I'm going to get trapped, and you know what? Sure enough, there he is, Kevin Gossman. So that'll be my pick. So two outfielders, which can get a little bit thin, lots of power, some stolen bases, and a big strikeout pitcher. I'm pretty happy. All right, Luis Castillo went, Adelise Garcia. All right, Ruben, <laughs> go for All it. All right, so now on my board that I have, I think the top players out there are Pablo Lopez. He's staring at me right there as a pitcher. But I think I can wait a little bit longer. I don't think I need him. Plus, you know, he was injured a couple of years ago. He did throw a ton of innings last year. I'd rather have the offensive guy, and I think not going for the middle infielder last round makes me want to go for the middle infielder here. Year, and Bo Bichette is sort of staring at me there. Um, he will give me some stolen bases. I mean, there are some other guys that I, I could think about. I mean, I mean, I like some other pitchers in this spot, but I mean, I'm leaning toward Bo Bichette here, so I think this is where I'm going to go middle infield. Okay, that's a good choice. Well, I could take a closer. Uh, in between was Pablo Lopez, Adley Rutschman. That's kind of high for a catcher, I think. And Zach Gallen went, and a Rosarina. That's the guy I was I was staring at, a Rosarina. Well, my choices are: I'm not a C.J. Abrams this early guy. I don't like the profile risk of having one that steals. George Kirby is still available as a pitcher. That's interesting. Glass now for upside is interesting. I have no interest in uh, Yamamoto. And then there's Tariq School. There's a bunch of good pitchers available. If Why I take, do you have no interest in Yamamoto? Uh, not at the third round here. And Yamamoto might not make all the innings. Uh, I don't yeah. know if the Dodgers will go to a six-man six rotation. May, will they save him for, for the uh, postseason? Uh, I don't know. I, I have so much projections, uncertainty with Yamamoto. Uh, I, he's not going to return more than a third-round value, so it's a definite value loser for me here. Gotcha. I just I just wanted to hear. I mean, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. I think it's going all over the board on like where – his value truly is going to be. I think the maybe the one of the most valid things is like, oh, he might only have 150 innings, and that that's hard to return that value if that's the innings cap. Yeah, I already have an outfielder. Nolan Jones a little bit low for me. I don't want Royce Lewis. I think I'll go with a pitcher, George Kirby. I think you can make a case. I love that walk rate, stable. You know what? Let's let's do that, and I'll grab a hitter on the way back, or maybe even a closer if I if I do it. So George Kirby, let's do it. Yeah, I good. love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's back to me again. And uh, Yamamoto went great. I didn't want him. Trout went. C.J. Abr- oh, guys who I didn't want. Perfect. Uh, Devin Williams went. Aaron Nola went. Yelich went. I could go Edwin Diaz. That is interesting. I can jump up uh, Goldschmidt. I can go with Hader. I can double up and get another pitcher, but I do have my anchor already. Um, hmm. You know what? I don't love the pitchers who go in here. So I am going to uh, I'm going to go for the closer because I'm sort of at the end. I don't know who's going to come back to me. I'll focus on some hitters later, and I'm going to go for my guy from the Mets and sound the trumpets. Let's go Edwin Diaz. I'm going to have some fun on this one. <laughs> Not like me to do closers this early, as I said earlier, but I love the strikeout potential him. I paid a fourth-round value. I don't know when the closer is. All right. 
Let's give it a chance. And I already got my my other pitcher, so I I'm still missing a hitter, but I'll go hitter hitter next. Look at Ariel, the fun guy, having a little bit of fun. Yeah, here. why not? Why not? Two homers, <laughs> pick, picking Mets early. What is what's the odds of that happening? Yeah. So, <laughs> so after you, Matt McLean went, Nolan Jones, Machado, and Paul Goldschmidt. That brings me on the clock. I have three hitters. I'm looking at the pitchers, and there's one pitcher who is just staring at me. He'll, he's given you 200 innings last year. He can give you 200 innings. That was his goal going into last year, and that's Logan Webb. Mm. Plays in a good park. I, it's very hard for me to say no to him at this point. I could go Class A, but I don't have him valued as high. I, there are other some there are some pitchers that are valued similar to Logan Webb. I'm thinking maybe like a Framber Valdez type or a Max Free, but they but they're you know I'm I'm I like Logan Webb's park. I like his ERA and whip, so I'm gonna take Logan Webb here. Oh, I you sneaky guy. little Ravine, because that's where I would have gone. I would have I think I would have taken Logan Webb had he got here to me. So you broke my heart, and I uh, and I started a pitcher's run too. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, Tyler Glass now and Max Freed go. Kind of an interesting. Uh, trio there are all of web glass now and freed a lot not like each other yeah and and good that you took web because you can see the pictures of depletion you got the guy you wanted so good spot for that ruben yep well i am up in the fourth round hater is here uh i don't i didn't know if i wanted to go nuts with closers i'm not in love with the hitters kind of like you talked about i do like royce lewis we're we're still in that like are we are we too high there, there's a couple hitters that i like there's no big loves. Tariq Skubal is here if I wanted to double tap pitching. Interesting. But I think in this format, we're going to lock down Hater uh, because that gives yeah. me one of those elite closers like we talked about. And did Edwin Diaz go? Yeah, I he picked did. Him. Yeah. Picked oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, you took him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that just kind of solidifies to right? me. Yeah. I'll get uh, Hater. Doke, you got another pick here. Royce Lewis is gone, so you can't get him. Classe went, Duran went, so that was a good spot to go. And you know, you never know with closers; they can go earlier than you think, later than you think. Uh, you know, if you're the first guy, you're better off than uh, than getting a guy who has to reach and take the last guy. I think. You know what they say: if you're not first, you're last. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, Ricky Bobby. All right, um, boy, I'm gonna do something you are gonna hate. Ariel, you're going to hate what I think I'm about to do. I'm just kind of peeking around here to see if I can talk. I don't want to talk myself out of it, but I'm just trying to see if there's anything I can mess around. No, so you're going to hate it, but uh, O'Neill Cruz. So it's one of my favorite picks this year. I told really? you, like, you set yourself you set yourself up for, you know, the where can I take my shots? You know, where are some of the value plays? I would have liked to get him a little bit later, but like I screwed this up on Fantasy Pros because I rank him really high. He's volatile, but I, I'm i optimistic about the strikeout improvements before he got hurt and before the end of the previous year. One of the hardest hitters in baseball. Your projections alone almost have him at a 25-25 guy. So I think it's third round return value. At 15 team, I got around the 60s. I have him ranked higher. And health-wise, health-wise, you think he'll make it the whole year? I think I think there's a decent shot at it. Okay. He's, he's young. I don't like. There isn't a long, long trip. This actually, I think like Jazz Chisholm is exponentially more risky yes. than O'Neill yes, Cruz. Yes, so, yeah, for sure. Ruvain, are you are you uh, concerned about O'Neill Cruz making it through the year? 
No, I mean his okay. injury was okay. really a f- his injury is really a freak thing. I'm yeah. more concerned yeah. with Jazz Chisholm. He's had a lot of chronic things going on. He can he can't seem to stay on the field either. So, but Cruz has it, the I'm going to run into a wall syndrome though, right? Yes, but he plays shortstop. He's not an Aaron Judge playing center field. So I'm not as concerned. Yes, he'll try to run through a catcher, which he may not do now. Maybe he'll slide head first and break a finger. But you never know. But I I I, I, I think Jazz Chisholm is more of an injury risk just because okay. he already had a surgery for a for a turf toe which affects his feet i know okay. i know neil cruz had the ankle but that it was a freak thing and jazz chisholm wasn't necessarily a freak thing it was more like a chronic type long-term injury okay i think i would have taken nico horner instead of cruz if i was going to go middle infield route see um, I'm, I'm so out on nico horner though really? that's the thing like well but, but you love high batting average guys i think nico horner uh, well you know also you talked about it if you value if you think runs are at the tippy top of value like that is that is his core. He is batting right. average, runs, and stolen bases. That, if it. the stolen bases continue, and then yeah. the others are absolutely depleted. So I get why the value is there. I think he's pushed up too high. But again, those are just philosophical yeah, he, he differences. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, I, I probably would have liked him at the end of the round. But uh, all right, listen, uh, Cruz, upside guy, definitely has the talent. I mean, for plate appearance, he's been great. So. But I did use my, as I call them, risk bucks. This was my, this was my risky pick. So I would, I'm like just letting everybody know, I would probably not look at Jazz Chisholm now, and I would probably, I'm yeah, probably yeah, gonna yeah. not look at some of the rookies, you know, the the Cheerios and whatnot, because what I need to do, and this is the the kind of risk of taking guys like this, which is kind of not fun. And, and is sometimes you, you got to be do careful. That, by the way, do you purposely uh, um, say, okay, I'm only going to have, sir, I'm going to take my shots. I took it here. I won't take it for another five rounds. Like, do you not do necessarily, uh, but I'll tell you this. Like, like, I think Luis Robert is a little bit risky and I didn't get another hitter when I took Gossman. So I actually feel like I'm, I've opened up my risk portal for offense okay. a little bit more than usual. Like if I had had that start, I talked about before, or like, let's say I had, um, uh, Austin right or Rafael Devers in the second round in the first round I got like Mookie Betts that's as safe as it can be like that's so safe so I would f- I would feel fine with a guy like O'Neill Cruz I think I feel like I set myself up a little bit okay. for my offense to be dicey so I'll pay attention to it moving all forward right. no this is uh, I love this discussion it's, it's really good to hear all you know different ideas and and uh, for the audience to to hear all the all sides of, of how you can skin a cat here um, mm-hmm. all right moving all right, so then after O'Neill Cruz went, Cody Bellinger went, and Nico Horner went. I was looking at Nico Horner maybe to bounce me out for stolen bases, but I have a, I have a middle infielder already. And this is where a little strategy comes into play. Ariel, you mentioned that the fifth round that we're in right now, fifth, sixth round, is the area where you want to think about maybe getting a top catcher. So I have an idea that in one of your two picks coming up around to me again, you're going to probably take one of the top catchers. So I'm going to try to get one before you get it. He's mm-hmm. actually one of the top guys valued on my board right now. And I'm going to take as my top catcher, William Contreras. Wow. Over Will Smith. Okay. <laughs> Bit high for me for catchers, but uh, he is the best catcher there. Uh, I guess and you, like, you him, probably... like him better than Rio Muto also? Yes, I, I do. I think Real Muto is not going to get you as many stolen bases this year as he has in the past. I just have a feeling he's he's not old, but he's not young either. And I still see some a little bit of upside in in, in Contreras and that he can, he's going to be batting middle of the order. I mean, so is Real Muto, but still, I, I, have, I have this is more of a I like this guy slightly more than that guy, but I'm good with either one. Okay, uh, so coming up to me, we got uh, Camilo Duvall. I don't need a closer. Jazz Chisholm went. Sparber went. And we saw the catchers go. Um, whew, 
I could use a hitter, but I see a, a bunch of pitchers that I do like available. Logan Gilbert's available, and Zach Eflin's available. Even Yuri Perez is available. And I kind of like one of those, and I'll get a hitter on the way back, I guess. So I'm zooming in. I think it's going to be Gilbert or Eflin for me. Anybody want to give some advice? Ravane? I think I think you I mean I speak to you all the time and I know you like Logan Gilbert I know you like both um uh, Zach Eflin but usually you can get in, in most drafts you can probably get Zach Eflin a little bit later so if you want to take the risk and you want to double tap pitchers you may be able to get both though I will say F I love the Eflin idea here too because I just I like the low variance of like I don't have to worry about the walks I, he's like one of those like Kirby Webb Eflin they just make your they make your rotation great and then you can do a lot of stuff built around them where sometimes like I did with O'Neill Cruz sometimes you are um you're reacting to the rotation you don't have to react with Eflin I will and the thing I wanted to say is he is number six on the Fantasy Pros pick predictor. So he definitely could fall, but just based on what's going on here, he may not. You know, uh, Eflin and Kirby to start the draft, that is a heck of a good whiff. <laughs> I'm going to see what happens, and even though I probably should pick a hitter to bolster it, I'm going to pick the pitcher here because I like the value here, and I'll go hitter, and I guess hitter after that. So let's go Zach Eflin. What the hell? Um, okay, uh, you got uh, Eflin, uh, Bregman went, Snell went, Arenado, Josh Lowe, Cut I single, Will Smith. And, and, Log and can you believe Gilbert's. it, Logan Gilbert is still sitting there? All right, so strategy. How stupid is it to take Gilbert now? Because I already have Kirby Diaz and Eflin. I, I, am I crushed on hitting if I just I go just pitcher, pitcher? I just don't think so. I don't think so. There's still some no. really great hitters back there. It's a, such an advantage you give yourself when you put a. I know, like it gets scary, but not you. You know, you're comfortable with how you're drafting. But like, I think you put yourself in such a great pitching advantage that now, where you do have some people, I, I have to pivot into pitching. You get to uh, pivot back to hitting, where there's a lot of pitching going here. So I don't think it's a bad idea at all. You know, it's a mock. Let's give it a try and see how that build will go. And uh, I mean, that's a that's a nice staff. Gilbert Eflin. And Kirby with paired up with the number one closer or a top two closer, and then then you can wait on pitchers for quite a while and just go hitter 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 and you're good. Yeah, let's let's give That's that a shot bad. in this mock. So let's go <laughs> Gilbert, Grayson Rodriguez went Bednar, Cassis Bogarts up to you, oh. Ruben. Hmm. Okay, so players I'm looking at right now, there are a couple out there. I don't think I want to go for a pitcher here. I'm not in love with the pitchers at this level too much. I'm not, you know, I'm, uh, Yuri Perez is interesting to me. Do I want to go a second pitcher? Just, you know, same thought like you had. Yuri Perez, I don't have value that high, and I think I'm going to go hitter here. So the hitter that I'm looking at is probably one of the most underrated hitters every single year, and that's Brian Reynolds. I think he's one of the top numbers on our board. He's an outfielder. Outfielder gets very thin very quickly, so that's my choice. Yeah. Had I not had to, I mean, I knew as soon as you said, like, he's underrated, I'm like, oh, you're saying Brian Reynolds. I knew that's where you were going to go. Uh, I already had two outfielders, but had I not, like, I, lo I love Brian Reynolds on every team. He's just the, the glue, the glue guy. Eflin's a glue pitcher. Brian Reynolds is a glue hitter. I love yep. those players that just kind of Fix it all back in. So I've got those rookie pitchers that are sitting here. Uh, Yuri Perez. Bob, I'm a big Bobby Miller guy. I have Bobby Miller slightly ahead of Yuri Perez. I don't think I can get either one of them. Or I can't get both of them. I think I can get one. I'm considering... 
I'm considering double tap pitching here. And then I'd be kind of putting myself in the same Ariel situation where I'm pretty heavy on pitching. I just don't love, I'm not the hitters either. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lock down Bobby Miller and let's see what happens. So Bobby Miller SP two here. Well, I've we definitely pushed Rise. up the pitching with all my pitching being taken, right? It has a minor yeah, you effect. did. Well, Louis, wow, well, Luis Arise just went. Yes. Uh, Joe true. Ryan, Glaber, freaking Torres is probably where I was going to go. Yuri Torres, Perez, yeah. Teoscar, and Yandy Diaz. So, Glaber going kind of changed things up for me. I should have probably taken him. But I really love Bobby Miller. But see, that's what's killed. And this is like overthinking it. I don't think Bobby Miller would have been there because Yuri's not either. Um, Hassan Kim is still here. He's kind of falling a little bit. I'm just not in love, love. I'm in like, but not in love. I think what we're going to do is we are talking about a player. All right. You know what? Let's go. Um, let's go. Hassan Kim. We'll go with some, we'll go with some runs and we'll go with some stolen a lot bases of steals, as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough one. Ah, well, I thought I could get Cole Reagans later, but he just went two picks uh, after, so boo. Yep. And now, in the meantime, who else went? Uh, let's see. Cole Reagans, Rossio Iglesias, Hassan Kim, Yandy Diaz, Teoscar, uh, Yuri Perez. Yeah, okay, so, okay. Um, interesting. So, I'm looking at my roster, and I'm one of the only teams left in this draft that only has one starting pitcher. So, I'm looking at the starting pitchers out there. I'm not in love with all of them, except I can live with one of them because I trust him. I've, he's He is my guy. Ariel knows this. He's been my guy ready for two years. So Ariel, you already know who I'm talking about. He gets a lot of strikeouts. He's going to be on a team in the NL Central. So I'm going to take Justin Steele here. Yeah. I think he's a good strikeout guy. He's pretty durable. Knock on wood, he's been pretty durable. He's their number one or two pit starter. He's going to get a, a lot of wins, I think. And I think he's a good pick here. Do you know he's my new best friend? Did you guys know about this? Is he your new best friend? Yeah, I hung. I was with him uh, about a week ago. He is really? the coolest guy. Really? He, uh, yeah, he lives DFS and wow. um, been uh, humble brag, DMing with uh, with Justin Steele. He loves fantasy sports too. So just let if you didn't already love him, just let you guys all know there he is uh, one all of right. the coolest dudes. Excellent. All right, Excellent. good for you, Justin Steele. All right. Well, Luzardo <laughs> went, Romano went, Jackson Trujillo went, and Josh Young. Uh, I'm light on steals, but the highest-valued player on my board is still there. I was eyeing him for a round already. Nick Castellanos, I think it's a nice spot for him, undervalued. Uh, I don't have a question in my mind. It's him. So I'll take him. In the outfield, do have to look at the steals a little bit because I don't want to get so far behind. Uh, coming up, there is Jordan Walker is available, does steal. You got a shortstop in Dansby Swanson. Seiya Suzuki, George Springer. Springer steals a couple of bases. How confident are you that he's going to last and, and uh, I mean, in the outfield? I don't know if Turner is going to be, Justin Turner is going to be DHing a lot. I'm confident he's going to continue being out there. And I also think he's just like, I mean, he's a pillar of consistency, if you will. Like, he has had a within 10-point batting average differential for four straight years. He's been in the 20 homer range for three straight years. His stolen bases have actually ticked up for four straight years. I, 
I like Springer. I like him leading off, especially if the Blue Jays pick it back up. I think this is that's a solid pick. Okay, I could do that. I could also do Andres Jimenez, who might fit my profile a little bit more with the heavier steals. stolen bases. Yeah, yeah. I got the I got the Riley and Judge. I just got Castellano, so Andres Jimenez should steal twenty five. He stole thirty bases last year. Uh, I think for the position spread and for the just he fits the team better. I'm gonna try to balance that a little bit with Andres Jimenez. So let's go for Andres. Are you like, soon as Welsh talks up the player? Ah, let's do something. Well, different. you know, let's it's it's, it's a thought process, you know. <laughs> no, and I know, I, I know. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. As Springer just went moving right before you, so you didn't get him. Um, yeah, I was, I was really hoping he'd force me after you built him up like that. And, <laughs> and another guy I was eyeing was Evan Phillips, who also went there. I mean, how can you know he he's the closer for probably the best team in baseball? Why would you why would you not want to take him as one of your top closers? I don't understand why. I mean, people think they're going to trade for a closer. He is the guy. His ERA and whip have been phenomenal the last two seasons. There's no question in my mind he's going to be the closer. There's no reason why he should have, you know, I probably would have taken him in your spot. I probably wouldn't have not gone Mm -hmm. if you didn't have Diaz. I probably would have gone closer there. So that's what I'm looking at right now. I'm thinking maybe I can go closer here. I'm not thrilled with the guys out there. I mean, there's one closer um, I, I think is probably at the top of my list right now, and I think I'm going to go closer here, and that's Tanner Scott. He's got so many strikeouts. I see Pete Fairbanks there, but I'm a little concerned. Andres Munoz is there also. Yes, but Munoz, I, I don't know if he's going to hold on to the job the whole year. I think because... Brash might take it too. I, I have just this gut feeling that Brash is going to overtake that job yeah. this year. So Tanner Scott is the most probably secure in his position. He gets you a ton of strikeouts for uh, for a reliever. His ERA and whip will help me also. So I'm going to go Tanner Scott here with closer. Okay. To you, Welsh. All right. Well, I got two picks before you guys, so I can kind of openly talk about what I'm looking at. I got to tell you, I hate the pitchers here. It's kind of an unfortunate thing that's going on. I only have two starters. I do have a closer. I really don't. I mean, they're fine. I'm just not in love with any of the pitchers here. So I think this is going to be a double tap of hitting. Suzuki sitting here is tough for me to pass. Um, I do have two outfielders, but here is something that, um, man, I'm messing up a little bit is I'm messing up the batting average. And if I could get Suzuki and then our guy, Josh Naylor, Uh I think, yeah. I think that would help my batting average. So we're going to try that. We're going to go outfielder three Suzuki, and let's see if Naylor comes back. Yeah, Naylor would be a guy that I would I would like in this spot. And he did. And, so I'm going to instantly take him. Yanier Diaz was the guy who was eyeing a catcher. He was same. gone oh, very far. Yeah, well, same, same, same. And it's my turn. And the two picks right before me, Riley Green and Wyatt Langford. Is it too early for Wyatt Langford in the ninth round? No, I mean, in, if, if we put our brains into like the NFBC format and the shots and you know the fifty-team draft and hold, no, I don't, I don't think so. Langford has a legit shot to break camp. I don't, I personally don't think he will, especially with the Seager injury. I think they're going to need to carry an extra infielder, and then when Seager comes back, I think he's going to DH, which maybe takes a little bit away from Langford. But I think he'll be up in like the first month, and he's a high OBP guy, really good contact, power, speed. Outside the top 100, I mean, can you really pick on like taking a shot outside the top 100? I mean, there are really good players here, I suppose. You could be like, hey, you passed up. Um, I mean, 
Riley Green just went, but you know, you, you pass up Anthony Santander or Zach Geloff for um, a theoretical shot, but Langford could be a top 50 return if, you know, if we get like 90% of what we saw last year. Yeah, so that, that, that's my thinking. And you mentioned the guy who I'm staring at right now. Outfield does get a pretty shower pretty quick. And I think I only have, let me see, I think I only have one outfielder right now or two. I, I have two outfielders. I want to get as many outfielders early as possible. So I'm going to go with my guy you mentioned, Anthony Santander. I think he's also a little bit underrated. He's been batting cleanup almost every day in that lineup. He's one of the guys that doesn't get platooned as much. So, I, you know, I, I'm all for him. And I think he's a good pick right here in, in, in round nine. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, ooh, Vinny Pasquantino just went. I was really considering him. Uh, Stephen Kwan, Cruz, Santander, you took, and uh, Walker Bueller. Uh, I think that right now, and we are in round nine. I mentioned that we're nine, ten or so is the best times to take a catcher. Maybe it'll drop later. I'm eyeing Salvador Perez, who I think is the best value. I think he'll last till the next round. And if so, I'll take Salvador Perez on the way back. Question is, should I take? There are some good closers. Ryan Helsley is still left. And that's a ninth round. is not too expensive to take him. I like him. I like him. Uh, he seems to be coming back. I could take like a Chris Bassett, but I have enough starters. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to take Sal Perez next. I'm going to take Ryan Helsley now. And let's see what happens on the way back. Well, so, if if Salvador Perez doesn't come back, do you go? Do you still go catcher, or you pivot? No, I pivot then. I pivot then. Okay. Uh, Mullins went. Fairbanks went. So good thing I took a closer. Esther Ruiz, I was considering a little bit. Hoskins went. Galoff went. I was considering him also. Strand went. All right. Well, my guy uh, Salvador Perez is there, so we'll take him. Okay. Uh, Bassett so, just went. Yeah. Bassett went. Verlander or oh, Sonny Gray. Sonny and Munoz, Munoz went. So I think I picked the closer in the right spot. And now I've got Munoz Diaz, which is a very good – I'm good for closers the rest of the draft pretty much. Yeah, and now I'm looking at my roster, and I got a catcher. I got one corner, one middle, and a bunch of outfielders. I'm pitching. I'm pretty good. I don't think I'm going to go pitcher here. I don't think it's 100% necessary. So I'm looking around, and what position usually goes – uh, I hate to take him this early. I'd, I'd want to take a maybe a corner infield here, or I can take a risk on a pitcher. I really, I'm, I'm trying to talk myself out of taking a pitcher here because I really don't want to. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, um, I'm hoping on a. Okay, this is, I guess I'm gonna. I'm talking myself into taking a pitcher now. I'm gonna take a risk on a pitcher. This is. I think this is around where I could take it. I think where he is right now in what team he's on. Is a little hint of who I'm taking. I mm. think he'll have a better opportunity to get a lot more wins. He's not on the Red Sox anymore. He's coming off an injury. He did pitch at the end of the year, so he's healthy. I'm actually going to go with Chris Sale here. I think he will bounce back a little bit. I don't know how many innings I'm going to get out of him, but uh, you know, I I think after him, the pitchers are going to start dropping. So I think I'm going to take him because I don't want to get those pitchers on the next level. All righty. Uh, Solaire Cal Rally went up to you, Chris. Okie dokie. Uh, back to me. You know, it's interesting. I, I think I feel like I need to still chase some hitting categories, but I've only got three pitchers. So I think it's time to turn our ten attention to pitching. And I th think I'm going to double tap. We do have a few closers still out there. Uh, Clay Holmes specifically is kind of staring at me 
and that's what we're going to do. All right, so we're going to get a second closer in Clay Holmes right here. And that's a mid-round one. I feel like I can feel pretty good about that. The picks that, and it actually made a decision easier for me, Ty France, Estrada, Sean Murphy went in there, Anthony Volpe, who I like, Jordan Montgomery, and Jaron Duran, another player that I like. Jordan Montgomery was kind of on that list because I, I feel like I need to go SP. And I am going to go with an innings eater because I, I have Gossman. Bobby Miller, there's a tiny, maybe a little bit of risk. This is a boring pick, a little bit of a homer. I'm going to take Merle Kelly with Arizona Diamondbacks. Good defense, good offensive support. I like the wins. I, I know I'm going to get big innings. And I do want to say my heart absolutely broken because I love, love, love Michael King. I almost took him there. Yeah, he was just praying to God he was going to come back, and he went two picks after. So no Michael King for me. And now I'm looking at the board, and another category that I see is about to make a gigantic drop, in my opinion, is third base. And I'm looking at the Marlins again, and they have a third baseman out there that I'm a little bit interested in. He hit very well after his trade. I think Jake Berger fixed my team here, because if I'm going to get a third baseman later on, I, it's going to be much lower level, and Berger will give me some power. So I think I'm going to go with Jake Berger here. Well, as soon as you said that, I'm like, uh-oh. I was eyeing another third baseman, and I'm like, uh-oh, he's going to take him. But you didn't. You took Berger. I'm going to go Alec Bohm. Oh, man. Batting average. He's going to have 20-something homers. You've heard me talk about him on the show here. Alec Bohm. This is the right spot. What are we in round? Round 11? Yeah. Alec Bohm it is. Fits me. And he's uh, first and third. So now I can, for my next corner, I can get first or third. Right, it makes me more flexible. Um, ooh. Let's see. Nate Lowe is available. Uh, it's a little high on ADP, but I do value him. And he fits the profile here. I I love it. Not enough steals, but it's out of the first base. I'm not going to get steals anyways. He's going to get those runs and RBIs. I always talk about how you need him. If I can't get Josh Naylor, Nate Lowe is a good backup that I like. I am going to go Nate Lowe. And now I've, I've pounded the hitting for a bunch of uh, – Bunch of rounds. I can go anywhere after this. Ooh, Nick Pavetta I, went. Oh, that kills yeah, me. Yeah, Pavetta went. Yeah, Lord Nupar, saw that. Another catcher, uh, Wilson, Wilson Contreras. And, and, son, and Alvarez Michael is still there. Francisco Alvarez. Yes, but I have a catcher already. And it, it was the two catchers, I guess I can go Francisco Alvarez. I guess. I mean, he is one of the top values still out there right now. Um I do need a middle infielder. I have a shortstop. I don't have a second baseman. I have my corners, and I have three outfielders. So I can really go anywhere here. So I have to really look for the best value out there. Um, looking at the board, let me see if this guy is still there. He is there. Okay, this is a, I'm going for another middle infielder. Um, I, I'm, I'm torn between two guys right now. I'm torn between either Ezekiel Tovar or Tommy Edmond because I do need stolen bases. You mentioned that I was a little low in stolen bases before. Tovar playing in Colorado, Edmond playing with all the position eligibility. It's a little early for Edmond. Um, I think we, I think I have Tovar valued a little bit higher, but I'm going to take Edmond just because it gives me a little more flexibility. Yep, and give you the steals also. Not a bad yes. pick. Oh, oh, my gosh. My heart just destroyed. Gabriel Moreno. Gabby, yeah, you knew exactly because the yeah. catch, as I told you, I want, like, later catchers, blah, Alvarez blah, 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 blah. Alvarez is still there, though. 
Oh, no, that's who I'm, I'm, I'm going to snap take him. But I wanted Gabby Moreno for the batting average. I think you're in for a lot of improvements. He's going to be hitting high in the order. He's one of the best just, batting average catchers, by the way. Uh, and he fit the mold of what I was specifically yeah. trying to do. Um, also, I'll tell you, I was looking at Max Muncy, but he would have killed my batting average. I really wanted Moreno. That hurts. But Francisco Alvarez, I'm here for the big power. That's a snap pick in this two-catcher format. Uh, Jackson Holiday, Jonah Heim, Noelvi Marte, Junior Caminero, Shane Bieber and Craig Kimbrell all just went. And my heart still hurts, yeah, which is sad. Sorry. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That sounded actually very genuine, so I appreciate that, Aro. It sounded like you really did feel sorry for me. Um, we're <laughs> we're going to lock up. I don't know if it's boring or not, but I really love low-watt guys, and I really love me some Bailey Ober, so we're going to get Bailey Ober as my sp Four here, so I'm very excited about that. That's a good one, and a couple other pitchers went. Alzale went, and Ryan Pepio went, who hopefully in in Tampa will have a better go at it. And I'm looking again, and there's another guy. He's a young guy. He's, I mean, he almost did he win the Gold Glove last year at third base? I'm not sure. I do need a corner infielder. His value is pretty high as a third baseman. I'm looking at the other first basemen's out there. You know, they at this point, a lot of them have warts. Um, I think I'm looking at Brian Hayes as a guy who can get me a corner. I think I can get a middle infielder later. I don't love the outfielders here, and I'm not in love with the pitchers, so I'm going to go with Brian Hayes. Okay. Um, picked in between Altman, Paredes, Crawford, Gavin Williams. There's a couple of pitchers I like, so I'm going to go for a hitter. Uh I think the highest value for me happens to be a position I need here. Willie Adamas. Um, there's also Nolan Gorman, who I like very much. I was uh, thinking, as soon as I saw his name, I was thinking about our conversation we had yeah. about Nolan Gorman and Arise and just all of the And your, your projections really pop Nolan Gorman. Yeah. I think that just because I have the second baseman and Adamas maybe a little more steals, maybe more RBIs and runs, um... I can go with either of them just because I already have the second baseman. Let's go with Adamas to be different. So I'll let's go Willie Adamas right now. And on the way back, uh, Gorman was taken, so I, I would have double-tapped if that happened. Uh, but all the pitchers are left. And on the board, I do have a choice. There's Bryce Miller, Brian Wu. There's Aaron Savali. Um, yeah, that's a good choice between. There's also a Hunter Brown, Darvish, and Berrios. So... I like I like some of this group here, and I'm thinking here. I think for me, it's between Wu and Savali. I'll leave Brandon Fott for you. Uh, well, thank you very much. Can I can do you ever do? Can I hear a Ric Flair Wu, Brian? Woo! <laughs> oh yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Uh, I I will go with uh, I will go with Brian Wu because I want all Seattle Mariner team. I already have mm. a, a bunch of them, so let's go Brian Wu and let's go Mariners this year. <laughs> Oh, there okay. went Darvish. Eh. Yes, there's a whole pitcher run here. So I'm going to follow up on this pitcher run because there is another guy out there who, uh, and for some reason, I'm getting a lot of Marlins on this team. Um, I like Braxton Garrett. I think he'll give you a lot of innings. He seems pretty safe. Um, he pitched pretty well last year. Um, I'm not concerned about any injuries right now. I mean, he's already has some shoulder soreness already. They already mentioned it last week. But I'm not overly concerned about that, so I'm not – so I think I'm going to go Braxton Garrett here just because uh, I think he will give me some innings, and it seems like I like a lot of Marlins on this team. I was also thinking about Trevor Story for, for the shortstop because he gives more steals even, but he scares yeah, me, but Story. I, 
his story scares me and I already have a shortstop and I already have a second baseman, so I don't I'm not desperate to get story at that point. Plus, how many games is he gonna play? All right, well I am uh, there's a couple options here. So, I mean I could actually take Trevor's story. I don't I have a middle infield spot open. Uh, I don't need the speed though. Uh, well, we're going to do, because you mentioned it, and I can just feel it coming. I'm going to lock up Brandon Fott. I'm not going to okay. let Fott get past me. Robert Stevenson, Polanco, Bryce Miller. Uh, but see, that's the pain. I know he's not sexy, but Jared Kelnick, I really did not mind as my fourth outfielder. I think he's in a steal more in Atlanta. Who's that? Ballpark factor, Jared Kelnick. Never heard of him. Yeah, there you go. And he and went he, And, uh, and he's, so, he's so good that he went to pick right before you. And then he went right before me, so. I mean, it's not sexy. I acknowledge it for anybody that's getting on me about it. All right. Well, I've got a couple to say. I don't want to say them either because then I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna tip my hand and I don't want to ruin it. Because we're going to get you in a mock draft. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're going <laughs> to get me. Uh, you know what? I actually like what we talked about before. Maybe I can snipe. I'm going to take Trevor's story. I'm going to lock up that okay. middle infield, little power speed combo. Certainly I would have taken him if he came to me, but yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. MJ Melendez went. Jenkins from Minnesota. Trevor's story. So I'm looking at my board right now who I have. I have a catcher. I have one middle infield, one shortstop. I, I have middle infield open, basically. And I have a couple outfield spots as well as I can pick a picture if I want. I don't love the pitchers who are here right now. I'm not, unless I like, it's too early for, for Shota Imanaga. So I'm not going to go him just yet. So I'm going to look at the guy who I mentioned before. I think I'm going to take Ezekiel Tovar. I'll get, I'll still get the same guy I wanted before. He gets you some stolen bases. He plays in Colorado, and my middle infield would be nice and solid. I, I would have taken him also because I needed the steals. Uh, between me is uh, Vaughn Grissom, also interesting one. Logan Ohapi, Imanaga went, Turner. Uh, the other guy I was really eyeing, the highest value on the board for me, and I do need outfielders, Christopher Morrell. We'll get a little bit of steals. We'll get some good, good uh, runs in RBIs. He was a $10 player last year, so Chris Morrell, easy choice. And if Savali comes back to me, I think it's pretty easily Savali because I mentioned him over a round ago, and sure enough, Savali's still here, so let's go with him. Yeah, Monica was the guy I didn't want to say out loud either because that was who I was hoping would come back, and then you said it, and then he went. And... <laughs> In Managa, according to uh, Derek Cardi of the Bat, says that uh, you, the Cubs should have signed Ariel Cohen. Instead of Imanaga, <laughs> so bad. Uh, Cardi really, the, the the bat really does not like foreign players. Uh, so, or rookies, or rookies for sure. We that we knew already. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. See, now we're in round sixteen, so getting really getting to the the weeds here of who you want to take, what categories you need, and I think I'm willing to take a risk here. This is round sixteen. I think I'm willing to take a risk. I do need an outfielder. And a guy who's always been injured, another Boston guy, he just now in Boston, Tarler O'Neill. He can give you stolen bases if he's healthy. He can get you some, you know, he has some power. If he, Again, if he stays healthy, all is a matter of health. I think I'm willing to take an outfield risk here in round 16 with, uh, with where is he, Tarler O'Neill. Oh, it says here that Christopher Morell is only eligible at DH, not outfield. Is yeah, that, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Or it depends on your format, actually. Ha. Huh. Okay. Well, 
That's interesting. All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, that means I'll need an extra outfielder because the this software won't let me do that. Although I'll drop to a one dollar outfielder because obviously I'll assume that Morel would be in that slot. I didn't realize that, and that's another thing you should always know: know your league rules and know your uh, know your uh, uh, settings. Obviously, this is different software. We're using some other system other than the NFBC, but you should definitely know your own uh, um, your uh, whatever your league settings are. I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna do something you're gonna hate, but your projections love him. I have always had a thing, and listen, it's it's all it's completely low risk. He wants to steal 30 bases. He's gonna get outfield eligibility. I'm taking Byron Buxton. So you know, I was everyone, actually considering him at this spot. <laughs> yeah, he says he wants to steal 30 bases. I believe. But him. is is this enough of a discount to take him already? I mean, could you let him go by? I mean, would you take him earlier than this if he was available? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think two thirties. We're around two hundred something, two thirty, two thirty, two forty overall. Like this is a great time to jump on that. And he would be my outfielder four, and he plays, uh, and he'll lock in at util. Well, there's another thing here. Gosh, let me, let me take a look. How bad a homer am I? Oh, I don't. I have, I have, well, I have two Diamondback pitchers, but um, Lourdes Gurriel. That you want to again talk about a guy that's going to hit three pretty decent batting average. I could use that. Good power numbers came out here. It's just a solid outfielder for a position that we're kind of chasing. I'm going to snap up Lourdes Gurriel here for my, technically my fourth outfielder and Buxton will be able to qualify there. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. Interesting. Interesting. And in the meantime, Jeremy Pena went and a closer, Carlos Estevez. I only have one closer right now. I'm looking at the list. I don't love the closers out there. There is a guy who I'm looking at, but I think I'm going to wait a little bit. Hopefully, he'll come back to me. Um, so I'm looking right now at a possible, I think, starting pitcher. I'm going to go starting pitcher here. And this is going to be a little bit of a reach. I think he goes a little bit later. But again, I know that Ariel likes him, and he, and he pitched well last year. So if I don't take him now, I don't think he's going to make it on the way back if Ariel decides to go after him. And I'm going to take a stab at Andrew Abbott. Ah. I think he's going to have a breakout year. I think he's going to be do. I, th- I mean, the other pitchers out there, you have Brian Bellow. You have Taj Bradley available out there. Reed Detmers, if you want. Do you want an Emmett Sheehan? You want to go for, or even there's another guy there who I'm looking at who I don't want to say because I think I was going to grab him anyway, but <laughs> I think there's more upside with Andrew Abbott, so I'm going to go with Andrew Abbott. He was the only pitcher I even had in my queue. I like, I'd slowly go into the mock. You can't tell me who you wanted. To. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. Uh, Detmers, McNeil, and Jake, Jacob DeGrom. Okie dokie. Hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. I would not have okay, picked system. Yeah, I would not have picked Jacob DeGrom, but okay. Um, that's fine. Uh, the highest guy on my draft board is Ryan McMahon, and that he fits a slot here. Uh, again, it's a lot of RBIs. It's Colorado. It's a value pick. I know I'm I'm still light on steals, although he'll steal a half dozen. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Ryan McMahon and f- get that locked down my middle infield. I do get another pick on the way back. Nobody that I would consider was taken. So I can go. What Now we're getting into the uh, here's the positions that I need. And I need a second catcher, which I can go later. And I need a bunch of outfielders. And I've got enough starting pitching, I think, that I can just take a shot later. So I guess we will go outfielder. And uh, I haven't taken this guy a lot. Um, but I'm going to go with um, – oh, what's his name? Uh, I'm going to go with Milwaukee Sal Fralick. Upside pick. Um, this is the part where I definitely do want upside pick. So 
Let's go with him. Salfred. Mike, yeah, might get you some infield uh, eligibility, too. Actually, I was just at the Brewers the other day uh, seeing Pat Murphy oohing and on all over Sal Freelich working on the and working with the infielders as well. Yeah. Yikes. And the pitcher that I will close with, I wanted to win two picks before me. I was looking at Matsui because he pitched today and he looked very good. He did. He look looked good, yeah. very, very good. But he's gone. So I guess I have to pivot from that. Um, I don't think I need to start here because I. I took a starter last time. I think the starter I want further down the road is still going to be available. I do need some power. Um, my stolen bases are nice and spread out. I really need an outfielder. I see I have, I mean, the top guy who I have, I, I think I really like Ryan Mountcastle here, but I don't think he fits me, so I don't think I'm going to be able to take him. Um, I have an outfield spot. I have a utility spot. See, this is the question. Do you go after the top value guy if you have the utility open, or do you go after the last outfielder and have to get outfielders later? Um, I, t- I tend to want the value. I want I want like the best bat in that util spot, but that's me. Yes, which is what I'm thinking also. That's why I'm gonna think I'm gonna go with Ryan Moncastle here. I don't see how I can't. He, his second half of the season, when he came back from injury, he was electric. He was amazing. He almost carried me and Iroh to one of our wins, to a win in in NFBC. So I'm gonna go with Ryan Moncastle here. I've been I've been a huge fan of his for the last couple of years, and I want at least one Oriole on my team. Okay. <laughs> All right, a couple of White Sox went there. Kopech Vaughn. Um, I don't. I think I feel like Brian Bayo is just too good of a value right now. So I'm gonna snatch up Brian Bayo for that. Might be my last. No, I have one more pitching spot here. And then I, <laughs> I actually don't have a third baseman at this point, and I'm swimming in a pretty low pool here. Uh, Matt Chapman a little bit earlier was a guy that I was looking at. Don't need stolen bases. Uh, I'm I actually looking at the third baseman I'm looking at. I'm just not sure that I need to jump to try to get them right now. So I'm going to get a corner infield spot and I'm going to pick up Josh Bell. I think Josh Bell is ah, one yeah, of those. Just, yeah, just those little core guys, those little core guys that fit, uh, you know, batting average and everything. Definitely went too late. I had my corners all looked up. I love looking at him, but he just I don't have a slot for him. Um, no, no. Good. I'm looking at I'm looking at my roster as Lance Lynn went, Carl Harrison, and I need another closer or at least a reliever. I have only one closer so far. I'm looking. It's kind of ready. Slim Pickens here in round 19. I mean, there's. I guess I can go. Brash Will, is available. Brash is available. To... Will Smith is available. Um, I think I'm going to go with Brash because I do think he will end up with the with the with a closer job. Um, Munoz. Had a problem staying healthy the last couple of years. He spent some time in the IL. So I do think Matt, Matt Brash has the stuff to be a closer. So I'm going to go with him and hope he will be one of the closers. He's, he's going to be a dart. Is that your second or is that like your your third in hopes you're going to get some more? I, I'm, I I'm, I, because I'm getting one who's a maybe here, I'm probably going to go with another maybe down the road just because, or get another or get a middle reliever who may become a closer. Gotcha. That, that's that's my thinking there because the starting pitchers I don't love at this at this level and it's going to all these are guesses so I'd rather guess on a reliever than a starter because I can always get a starter on the waiver wire, so I'm going to go with Matt Bresh. All right. Well, I was hoping that Nestor Cortez would fall to me. He didn't. That was, was the guy I was thinking that, of. Yeah. That was the guy I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, that's too bad. Okay. Um. I can, I can go with a pitcher like Edward Cabrera. 
who's uh anybody like him or not i i just the inconsistency just always gets me love the strikeouts you know love that that i didn't actually even hate some of the trade stuff that was out there but i don't know i i think this is a perfect time to take him great strikeouts blah 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 but i uh i, I don't fall in love Okay. There's also Griffin Canning, who's interesting as well. I think Canning will last to the next round, so I'll wait on that for now. There's also Mason Miller. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, the only positions I have open are catcher and uh, an outfielder. Catchers uh, available. Well, there's Stevenson, Kirk, Elias, Diaz. I think I can wait a while on that. So let's pick the outfielder. Brian De La Cruz just went. There is Giancarlo Stanton, but he doesn't fit my profile. Could take a chance on Chris Bryant. There's also Jake Fraley and Whit Merrifield, who might complement what I need even more with the steals. Um, hmm. So I think between Fraley and uh, Merrifield is what I would do. And you know what? Fraley does have enough of a base in steals. He's interesting. Will he play at all at Cincinnati? Yeah, I think he will. He had 21 steals last year. Yeah, let's go with let's go with Jake Fraley. Okay. Um, on the way back, I can get the pitcher, or I can fill out uh something else. Yeah, let's go with the pitcher. Let's go with Griffin Canning that I just talked about. Okay. Getting into hmm. we're round twenty, so just uh, four more picks or so for everybody. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm comfortable taking an outfielder here. I have one outfield spot left, and then I think it's going to be just pitcher, pitcher, and catcher for me, and and the second catcher. Um, the pitchers I can live with. Um, I can get another rel middle reliever later on, I believe. So I'm looking at outfield, and Austin Hayes has also been also pretty underrated the last couple of years. Um, he's He plays almost every day. He's one of the defensive guys. So I think his average won't kill me. I'll get maybe six, seven stolen bases if at best, maybe 15 to 20 home runs depending on how much he plays and depending on how healthy that whole outfield is. So I'm going to go with Austin Hayes here because I don't love Stanton. I don't trust him and i don't like his batting average because those are the two choices i think i'm gonna go with austin hayes here okay all right uh i have a catcher a third baseman an outfielder and one pitching spot to fill and i don't like most of the players that are left they're all pretty bad i don't want to see them anymore and what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take my last pitching spot but oh which one do I want to go with? Bup, bup, bup. We're gonna I'm gonna go with Taj Bradley. I was about to go with Christopher Sanchez, but talked myself out of it. Paul Skeens went two spots before you. Do you think he's gonna be up this year? No, I don't. So is, is I, I mean even... I think there's a possibility. I shouldn't say that. There's a possibility that he could be up. I think they're gonna play it really light with him this year. And, uh, so, Henry Henry Davis just went. Is he going to catch? Uh, yes, I think he'll get some. I think he'll get enough. that catching eligibility exactly okay. and be enough. But that's actually a really sneaky pick in a two catcher yeah. league. Sneaky, yeah. sneaky, sneaky. But it wouldn't have really helped a whole bunch in the. Uh, yeah, he went. He went. Here. He went late. I, I went on Baseball HQ Radio today and said that he was a late round bust, but uh, not at this spot. Not at round twenty. I've seen people take him quite a bit higher than that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I completely screwed the pooch on uh, third base 
like beyond belief. <laughs> Ringifo is there, and they actually did just say that Ringifo is gonna be hitting out of the leadoff spot. Um, Chris Bryant is also there too. It's such a silly thing. I mean, we're in round like three hundred, but Bryant's kind of done. I'm gonna Ringifo fits more of a need for me. So, I my last two picks will be a catcher and a last outfielder. Okay. Okay. Um, now the two guys who just went were Seth Lugo and Colt Keith. Keith is Keith starting the year in the majors? Most likely because he signed that they contract him, extension. Right? Yeah, yeah so it's not it's not a guarantee, but it looks likely. Okay, so um, I was mentioning before that I took a dart on a closer. I'm going to take another dart on a possible closer, at least a good reliever, a mid reliever. This is fine. My th I think third to last pick. I have no problem with this. That's Jason Adam. He's one of the top value guys left on the board. He's a middle reliever, and Pete Fairbanks stays healthy the entire season, correct? Correct. So that's why I'll take Jason Adam, and he'll salvage, he'll get some saves because everyone in Tampa gets some saves. So if I get, a, uh, you know, 10 saves from Brash, maybe 10, 15, get 10, 15 from Jason Adam, and good ratios from both, I'm good with that. Okay, there's a lot of catchers available, so I don't wait to take catcher at the moment. Uh, but I was eyeing Merrifield. There's another guy that I uh, am interested in uh, for stolen bases. He uh, he stole 30-something stolen bases last year. Willie Castro also qualifies at third, but uh, I think it's interesting. And uh, uh, Minnesota traded away Gordon, I believe. So I think I think there's uh, some playing time upside with Castro. Uh, and he, th he, had, he had like 450 at-bats, and he stole 33 bases. So I... My team needs it, so let's go with him over. Merrifield's the other guy that I was thinking of, but eh, let's give Castro a shot in this particular draft. It's back and to me, back so I need a catcher and a pitcher. There are a lot of catchers available, although I do see there's Elias Diaz, and there's also Shea Langoliers. I like what Shea Langoliers did last year. I don't love that batting average, but 30 homers is really, really interesting. Uh, anybody have a preference between obviously uh, between Diaz and and Langoliers and don't care not to tell me? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably <laughs> take whatever you don't take. Uh, Diaz, more hitter friendly environment with a better batting average. Langoliers with the uh, with the power. I'm probably just gonna pivot on what other yeah. side you don't. I think I have enough power on the team, so I'll go with Elias Diaz just because. You know, it fits my team better. Uh, I'm pretty indifferent between the two, just like you said. All right. Last two picks for you guys. Interesting. Interesting. Cano, Yenier Cano went. Mason, Mason Miller just went. And Stanton just went. Um, I need a catcher, and I need another pitcher. So I'm looking at pitchers, and I think the second to last round, I can take a nice shot in the dark here. A guy who I think has a little bit of upside, and I'm going to go with Reese Olsen from the Tigers. I want to get one of those young Tiger pitchers. He has much of, he has pretty good upside. I mean, there are other pitchers out there. You want Christopher Sanchez from the Phillies? Maybe. You want an upside maybe with Severino, who may end up being an opening day starter for the Mets, believe it or not. Um, I, I have no idea. So at this point, I, I'll take some upside possibility. I'll go with Reese Olsen. That's depressing so, that our uh, first-day starter is, could be uh, Severino. Although I, I hope it's the old Severino, right? If that happens, I'm excited. Yes. All right, and, uh, last two Yeah, and, and, and if if he would start, he would be the second pitcher to ever be start opening day for both the Mets and the Yankees. Do you know uh, who the other one is? <sighs> Open to start opening day for both the Mets and the Yankees. 
outlier? Mm. No, but correct uh, a little before that. David Cohn? Yes. Yeah. David Cohn nice. started opening day for both the Mets and the Yankees. He would be the, if Severino starts for the Mets opening day. Oh, God. That's how fall. That's how far the Mets have fallen that he's starting opening day. Last year is Max Scherzer. This year it's Lou Severino. Yikes. I went with Langoliers and Jose Siri to finish out my outfield. Also sure. knowing that, I mean, not doing bench and whatnot. If, if Buxton were to qualify, he'd move to outfield. And I would probably prioritize, you know, just one of the better bats that's out there. I looked at Tommy Pham, uh, even Chris Bryan at that point. Um, bench options are kind of, there's, there's still some really solid bench options that you could put together if we were doing it. Okay, and I'm on my last pick here. I got one spot left in one position spot left, and I believe it's catcher. I have everything else filled up. Catchers that are available to me. Danny Jansen, you want a Jan Gomes, you want a Jake Rogers, who I kind of like. But I also see a guy who just signed a contract with Milwaukee. He will probably play a lot of DH, and that's Gary Sanchez. He has some upside a catcher, and I have no problem dropping him if he's not good and picking up the hot catcher. So I'm going to go Gary Sanchez here. All right, X Met. By the way, yes. So <laughs> like, is everybody else. So. Like a week. Yeah. Um, are we gonna do? Are we gonna do the insights after this? Like who yeah. loves and hates your team? Oh, look yeah, at us. Why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, I got one spot a pitcher. So yeah, Christopher Sanchez. It's interesting. Upside pick of Mackenzie Gore. Alec Manoa still available. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, I could also go. I do have Helsley. I could go with Giovanni Gallegos. Is that a good idea to get that that kind of handcuff? What do you think, guys? I do. I do. I I don't trust Helsley. I don't trust the Cardinals. They haven't shown any level of trust in like, hey, this is the one guy, and we'll never uh, deviate from that. They do. I if I'm taking Helsley, I am taking Gallegos. That sounds smart. So I'll I'll go with your advice there, Giovanni Gallegos. That's why I locked down that Cardinal situation. Okay. That is it. Um, so we're going to go to projected standings. Ooh, I got an A-plus in my draft. What do you guys get? I got an A-minus. I got an A. Oh, okay. Biggest loser. Top three. Uh, well, we got four out of the top 15 teams, the four of us. Excellent. Great job. Um, let's see. Expert opinions. Uh, <laughs> wow, I don't see myself on there that likes me the most. That's interesting. Chris Towers likes my uh, thing. Scott Pianowski, Andy Behrens. Not bad. Scott White hates it. So CBS is split on my uh, <laughs> on whether they liked it. What about you guys? Uh, I've got just a couple things to it. Also, there's a... The Insight page on Fantasy Pros is awesome because it, it'll tell you, like, hey, what if the steals categories? I, by the way, had top five projected in homers, RBI, stolen bases, wins, and strikeouts. So that worked out. Uh, my dear friend, Mike Mayer, who I'm going to be seeing in a couple of days, Mike Mayer with Fantasy Pros, and shout out to Mike Mayer finishing top five in the accuracy rankings. He loved it the most. I loved my own team, O'Neill Cruz, Bobby Miller, Merrill Kelly. I was number three. Corey Piper, Scott Pinowski also loved it. Who hated it? Can you freaking believe this? My co-host Joe Pizapia just hates <laughs> it. Nate Miller, Blake Meyer, and also Scott White was not having my Bobby Miller and uh, Scott Francis White would hate this draft. We should have had him on also too. Uh, I know because we wouldn't have drafted anybody he wanted. Well, do you guys see any holes in your team? Do you see any deficiencies that you need to work on in the on the fab or anything? Uh, third base. I, I I do this a lot. I 
I let a position go, but I let it go too far. I really shouldn't have done that. I felt like that set me back a tiny bit, but I love my outfield. I love I love the hitting a lot. I got great closers. The pitching is solid. It's just I just put this big, huge, glaring hole at third base, which I don't love. But I do love the overall construction. Tons of stolen bases, power. Um, but I I also chunked uh, batting average. That ended up being a thing that I'm clearly going to be behind in. You don't want to punt in these formats, but if you do. You want to make sure like five or six categories you're projected top five in. Right, right. Not bad. And any uh any analysis about uh th- this draft? I mean, this this draft pre- seemed pretty reasonable to what I would expect. I think uh, players that that I got came roughly at the rounds that I would get. Obviously, you know, there was one guy that I reached for two rounds, one guy that oh went two rounds late. I took him, but you know, for the most part, it seemed pretty pretty chalk. I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Ravine. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it went pretty. As expected, there were some surprises. Like you don't think Jacob Degrom is going to go that early in a, in, a, in either even a live draft or even an NFBC because who's draft who's really drafting Jacob Degrom in an NFBC? Um, so there are some outliers, but otherwise this seemed pretty on par with what a normal draft would be. There, I definitely got. It's not, I think you sniped me. There, there were some snipe situations, but I will say it didn't feel. And part of it is. A preparation, you know, listening to great podcasts like you guys, and hopefully maybe checking out what I do and mock drafting it, as much as you can get into like that mode of preparation, you don't feel as chaotic. So I think that had to do with me not being like, oh my gosh, this completely derailed me. But yeah. I felt the need of wanting to like throw something against it, but I held back. And you can, you know, you can pivot a lot easier uh, with that with the right prep. Favorite pick and uh, least favorite pick. Let's go Welsh. Um, let's see. I gotta sorry. I gotta pull up my team here. My favorite pick. That is not. Let's say it's not O'Neill Cruz because then we're getting all homery. Um, let's go with. Are we talking like value or just like whatever. I'm a crazy person? Yeah, just whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, I'll say uh, Bailey Ober. I really liked getting Bailey Ober where I did. Okay. And, and least favorite was uh, my third baseman getting Luis Ringifo as a starter. That's disgusting. Right. Okay, moving. Yeah, I think my favorite pick was um, I like Andrew Abbott where he went. I really liked that a lot. My least favorite pick was Chris Sale because he has the most question marks and he's my number three starter. I don't like having such question marks that high up for my starters, but you know he does have some. I guess you can call it ups on them being healthy. So whatever. My favorite pick was Alec Bohm. I thought that was a really good spot for him in position that we needed. Um, I don't really have a, a, an awful pick. I, I guess, uh, you know, the, the pitcher strategy up front sort of worked. Maybe I, maybe I should have done a hitter then. Um, the Morel thing, just because of the software, is probably my least favorite pick because it just I couldn't take anybody else at the util position. So yeah. I guess for that type, for the construct, and again, I, I didn't realize I didn't realize it when I picked him. Uh, I guess he would be my least favorite pick. All right. Well, this has been a fantastic episode. Hopefully, you, the audience, has gotten something out of it here, uh, as you saw our. Uh, thought process and you know thinking about what we need what we have to get good picks bad picks hope uh, hopefully you got a lot of information out of it and of course the strategy at the beginning as well so thank you so much chris welsh for coming on the show and uh um, why don't you let the audience know where uh, we can uh listen to you and all things chris welsh 
Yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much for thinking of me and inviting me. I'm always honored and I love doing it. And I love both of you guys. Uh, I, you can check out all my stuff over at fantasy pros. You can check out the podcast. Uh, Joe PCP and I are just churning out tons and tons of podcasts. Great shows. We had Ariel on is actually one of our most listened to and most watched oh, awesome. because we also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy pros, MLB, go and subscribe to that. And uh, we just got a bunch of cool stuff. We've actually got a um, fantasy fest coming up, I think March 15th. So if people want to check that out, follow me on Twitter at is it the Welsh? And of course, I've always got in this league going uh, my in this league fantasy baseball podcast and prospect one where I break down fantasy prospects throughout the land and all my dynasty content. So uh, just, you know, Twitter's the best place to find all the things that are going on, though. Well, Fantasy Pro Show is a really great show. I, I can definitely tell you that. And uh, <laughs> was the show watched a lot of the uh, Marcus Stroman clip? <laughs> oh my gosh, we had we were laughing so hard. I don't know if the editors got. I told like Joe found or you found the picture. We were yeah. like, we got to get that picture. It was so funny. Yeah, it was a great episode. We were talking about <laughs> ATC projections, and like I said, you you can only not just hear it. You can watch it, and our crew do like really really great production. So I, I suggest if you love Ariel, go and check out that episode. We had a whole, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was a fantastic show. Th thanks for having me there. Uh, definitely check it out, and you can see uh, what Marcus Stroman sent me <laughs> when, when I said that he's not elite. All right, <laughs> Ruvain, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter at MLB Injury Guru, where I tweet on injury updates. You can uh, also catch my weekly in-season article on Rotoballer discussing injuries and all the next players up. As the season, as spring training rolls along, more injuries will be out there, so keep your eye out for all my tweets. All right, so. and I'm Ariel Cohen over at Fangraphs, Rotographs, and uh, Rotoballer. You can see ATC projections up on quite a few sites. Um, including Roto Wire, Fangraph, CBS Sportsline, and Roto Baller. Check them out there. I'm on Twitter, X at ATCNY. And of course, you can listen to the Beat the Shift podcast right here pretty much every week. We've been doing actually two episodes a week for the most part during the draft season. We're going to be off next week as I'll be down in Florida drafting in mixed labor, the mixed labor mm. auction. So check that out. Should be on Sirius XM Radio. And we'll be back the following week with a couple of episodes. We'll have Greg Jewett to do bullpens. And uh, Ruben and I will do our injury cast at some point right after that. That's where we go through an hour or so of injury, injury, injury updates. You'll definitely want to listen to that show. All right, once again, thank you so much to Chris Welsh for being on the show and from all of us here at Beat the Shift. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangress. Follow us on Twitter at beat underscore shift underscore pod.